0: Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing With with Science. Science. It is, as if you didn't know already. Right, today is rugby's turn to step into the limelight. Rugby? Yes. Oh my goodness, where the hell did rugby even come from? Rugby school, it originated, so the legend has it, by William Webb Ellis in 1823. He got bored with kicking a ball. So he was playing soccer and like most people, he got bored. Got bored, bad boy.
1: (laughs) He decided to pick it up and run with it instead. From then on, it becomes rugby football. Believe it or not, rugby is very popular on a global level and never once have the players worn pads. Oh my God, that is so ridiculous. And of course, if you've ever seen the game, they are knocking the stuffing out of each other. Yes, they do, they love it. And joining us today, I'm so pleased about this
0: guest. He's a man who's played professionally on every every continent. yeah. Former USA captain and most capped Eagles player, Yes, if you hadn't already worked it out, Todd Clever. Todd Clever! But that's not all we have, is it? To pull apart the the science of this incredibly physical game, having played it, I can vouch for it being incredibly physical, will be physicist Professor Trevor Lipscomb of Catholic University of America, the author of The Physics of Rugby. But joining us first, that man... Rugby's Captain America. That's right. Welcome to the show, sir. Clever. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, man.
0: All right. Let's let's get for, for listeners who aren't familiar with the sport. Can you break down a few of the basics for us without going way back to point one?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's, it's a complex game. Um, it's fifteen versus fifteen is the original term, uh original game. Uh, they've broken it down to seven versus seven as well. So, uh, so there's different uh, a couple of different varieties of. Of rugby, but uh, it's it's continuous play. Every player plays offense and defense. You pass the ball backwards. Uh, You tackle, tackle hard. You you know, key to the game is possession. Uh, You know, you score uh, a try, which is basically you touch the ball over the end zone, and that's worth five points. And then the conversion is worth two. Uh, So it's uh, a it's a great game, a great spectacle game uh, for. For all kinds of fans. So
1: you know when when you look at the game and I've been watching a lot of rugby since we knew you were going to have we were going to have you on. The only rugby I ever watched before in my life was something called Australian rules football. That's not rugby. That's not rugby though. No. Okay. Oh, gosh, No, that's yeah. no, no but, that's... but 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 I'm telling you, I. What I'm telling you is this: I was watching Australian rules football. Yeah. I thought I was watching rugby. <laughs> oh, you're in big trouble. Okay, so, so all I can tell you is, for the past couple of weeks since I knew you were, we were going to have you on, I've just been watching. Rugby. Okay. Like the real rugby. And I have to tell you, I'm kind of hooked. It's really a cool sport. And it's amazing to me the DNA imprint that it has placed on American football. It's really very much like American football in many ways, except that the you know, the notepads, the action never stops, yeah. the drop goal. It's like you guys play every position on an NFL team all at once. Is is that is that kind of correct?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, one of the old sayings for rugby is, you know, all skills, all players. So, okay. uh, you know, if it's if it's kicking the ball, if it's passing, if it's tackling, if it's running lines, um, everybody's a playmaker. Everybody has an opportunity to score, uh, which, which is which is really fun.
0: I, Todd, you're built to play NFL. So growing up in California, yeah. uh, why didn't you take that path? And what, what made you gravitate towards rugby?
2: Uh, the biggest uh, reason why I started playing rugby is to, to travel and see the world and to you know, live uh, different uh, you know, cultures. My older brother, he played American football and he played rugby. And uh, I kind of saw him you know, you know, play his 10 games in his high school season, uh, summer, day, summer double days, and, uh, you know, travel 30 minutes for games. And then I saw him play rugby where he traveled across the world and, uh, you know, got to experience different things, uh, practice a couple times a day, and it seemed like the guys were having a lot more fun. Let so t- uh, it, was, it was an easy, de- easy decision to uh, to follow rugby.
1: Uh, okay. Let me say this, Todd. That is brilliant because most guys join the Navy to see the world. <laughs> you, my friend, have just upped the game. <laughs>
0: As Chuck said on in the intro, there's no pads. There never has been, and I doubt there ever will be. How do you find people reacting to you when they realize you don't wear pads?
2: Um, the sport's growing, and and that's awesome. So more people are getting familiar, and they know what uh, they know what rugby is. And I mean, they think uh, you know a couple screws are loose in the head. Uh, but once they once they experience it and see it, um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an elegant violence.
1: The, uh, that's a great way to put it. I was going to say, like, it's a beautiful gang war. That's kind of the way I termed it. But I like elegant violence uh, a little better. Okay, it's a the way more poetic. The way it was always described
0: back in England is rugby is a game for hooligans played by gentlemen. <laughs> and football is a game for gentlemen played, played by, by hooligans. hooligans. Yeah, exactly. So, funny. But the discipline of rugby players uh-huh. is outstanding. There's probably none or very little back chair to an official. What also, Chuck, is <laughs> incredibly physical and the big boys don't mind smashing into the little guys. Uh, I know. Yeah, and okay. there's, there's,
1: there's no sort of weight category. If you've got the ball, you're getting here. Okay, so now, I'm so glad you brought that up this was something that, as I'm watching these games, that struck me as so odd. So, American football is highly specialized. Mm. You will have guys my size on the field. You'll have guys Gary your size on the field. And you'll also have guys Todd's size on the field. And for those of you who aren't watching us on StarTalkAllAccess.com where you can see the video, Todd is um, what you would call a monster. Okay? Like, just think of a monster with a lot of muscles and, like, uh, Viking hair and a beard and that's Todd Clever. So, Todd, uh, what Gary just said, as I'm watching these games, it really struck me. You'll have guys my size Mm -hmm. trying to tackle dudes your size. What the hell is that about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and what is wrong with those guys that they don't get out of your way? Because the guys your size, mm. actually, unlike in football, where you can't lead with your head because you're not wearing a helmet. Yeah. So what you lead with is a forearm. And I've literally seen plays where guys your size will forearm guys my size into the air and away from their bodies as they plow on. <laughs> Exactly, like, is that just because there are, okay, what are the positions and how is it that a little guy like me would have to take on a big guy like you?
2: Um, there's, to break down the positions, there's, uh, like I said before, there's 15 players on the field. Yeah, right. There's eight forwards and and seven backs. Um, so typically the eight forwards are your bigger guys. Um, you know your front row are probably the, the the roundest guys. You know probably not the fastest, right? right. Most skilled, diplomatically put, strong. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you have the second row, which is you know your 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 kind of engine room. in uh, those guys are around you know from six five to you know six ten, sort of you know big guys. Uh, and then you have, you know, kind of a mixture of, you know, uh, one of the big guys in, in, in the backs with skills and, and speed, uh, and that's what position I play. You know, right now I'm, I'm 6'4", mm-hmm. uh, 230. Um, so, you know, you kind of have that, and, and I'm one of the smaller guys in the back row. Right. Uh, in the, in the four-pack. And then you have the backs, you know, guys, you know, your size, you know, you have to be fast, skilled, uh, you bring something to the table, um, you know, other than obviously not the not the grit and, and the engine
1: room. Right.
0: What you learn earlier on, because I played number 10, so that's fly half, and guys like Todd would peel off the scrum and nobble me. Before I got a chance to kick, run, do anything, I'm looking upwards at the sky. Cause he's wow. completely... Just and he's grinning at me because he yeah. knows that's what you do it's as right a flanker. You played yeah. play yeah. rugby before, yeah, you yeah. Play? Oh gosh, even, yeah.
2: Even after you pass it or kick it, you know, it, early in the game, you gotta, you gotta show yeah. your presence. And, yeah, and it's. I'm, I'm, I'm breathing down your neck, so yeah, it's a know, calling card. Part of my role.
0: It's a calling card. i right. um, Oh, by the way, for the rest of the game, this will be me. Is you. Yeah, right. Nice. <laughs> I'll be doing this a lot. Ah. So what the thing is, the guys who play in the backs, uh-huh. you learn guys like Todd. Right don't have that compassion gene that that sort of i love you i'm gonna hug you they have that i'm gonna flatten you right so you learn shift and shake and move there's there's one where you you will go into and rotate into a challenge and try and get a talk and pull yourself out is that right
2: that's exactly right so now how
0: do you deal with guys that are trying that little move on you
2: Oh, you know, it's, uh, like you said, those genes, you know, you really can't really care too much on, on sort of things. You got a job in hand and, and attack so that yeah. you, uh. You got to
0: complete, so that's it. So, uh, so you know, you
2: said before you go any further
1: because you said two things. One, you said you peel off the scrum and then send the guy a a calling card, somebody like Todd. Todd So, can you please tell us what is the scrum? Um, And when you say that you peel off the scrum, what would that mean? Okay, so Todd will be part of the scrum. Right now, the team that has
0: the ball puts it in, and but it has to move backwards. Right, right. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Todd. Now you've got a line of backs that filter off from the scrum. And as that's moving, Todd will be reading the way the ball's going to exit the scrum. Mm -hmm. And then he'll be eyeing up whoever he decides to have. Now,
1: so the scrum is is the part where all the people are kind of hugging together. That's it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's the eight forwards that I spoke about before. So you have eight on this team and eight on this team and uh, they scrum together. So the front row, the three guys right there. Um, and then I'm on the, on the outskirts where, you know, kind of, you know, exit and, and, and you know, on defense or attack and, and be okay. part of the play.
1: Okay. So um, can I ask a Philadelphia Eagles question, please? Can I stop here? <laughs> here it comes. So... Uh, Todd, the Philadelphia Eagles, which happen to be my hometown American football team, uh, have in the seventh round of this year's draft, they picked a guy by the name of, if I'm not mistaken, give me a second, Jordan Malata or Malata. Jordan Malata. He's a guy who's a little bigger than you and runs like um, a squirrel. Like he's so, the way he darts about, he looks like an unreal version of a video game that was programmed to play rugby. Are you familiar with him? And how do you think he'll do in the NFL?
2: I am familiar with him, yeah. So, um, you know, especially whenever there was a hype uh, of him, you know, possibly uh, moving uh, moving to NFL or giving it a go. Um, I have some friends that are, you know, NFL agents, and, you know, they've they've reached out to me in the past from, you know, guys that want to do crossover and get, join join the league, um, you know, likes of, you know, Jared Hain to Hayden Smith, and then also, also, you know, a few other guys. So whenever this kind of comes over, it, it's a whole learning process, and, you know, guys, in, and like I said before, I've never played uh, NFL, and I know it's pretty complex with the, with a you know a whole playbook and 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 learning it, so it's uh, they're going to come in you know very foreign. It's going to be a whole different language, and uh, you know I know that uh, Nate Ebner from the Patriots, uh, you know a couple-time uh, Super Bowl champion, is you know played rugby and he still does, uh, you okay. know when, he, when he's not uh, winning Super Bowls, um, and uh, you know he he's he's explained it really well of just how how different the sports are. It's, uh, you know, athleticism gets you so far, but, you know, you got to work your tail off and and, uh, really, really challenge yourself the top uh, six inches, you know, mentally uh, to really, you know, commit into these, those those roles in in the NFL. I want to go back
0: to the point you mentioned earlier on about the desire to travel, understand, learn, see the world. You ended up in New Zealand. Now, if there was one place on the planet you go with, yes, that and the hacker and everything else, that must have been a whole new experience for you to play professional rugby. Don't worry about him. He'll be doing that forever. And um, (laughs) just (laughs) how big a difference was it? Because you've played in South Africa, you've played in England, you've obviously, yeah, Japan. But New Zealand's New zealand got to be the coolest man, yeah. Come on, tell the truth. Because yeah, yeah. it's like a religion there.
2: A hundred percent. You know, that's exactly uh, the reason why I went down there. Um, I was, you know, finished my third year at university and, uh, you know, just a couple of semesters away, and had this opportunity to, you know, move to New Zealand and try out for a contract, play club rugby and try out is it. Is it? And I just put all my eggs in one basket. And uh, you know, was very thankful for you know our, our USA Sevens coach at the time, uh, John McKittrick. He was he was uh, a coach down there for a club and, and, and part of uh, the the professional setup. So he's like, I can get you a tryout and everything else. And that was enough, all I needed. You know, and, and that's what I uh, you know went forward with. And it was it was completely you know, all eggs in one basket, going for it all. And, uh, you know, everything, like you said, like you said, it's, it's religion down there. Yeah. Um, the club rugby scene is fantastic. You have super rugby and then you have the New Zealand All Blacks, which, uh, which, which are gods, you know, among the earth you know, if you don't know anything about rugby and you know one thing, it's that, you know, about the. The New Zealand All Blacks and the
1: Hawke. Do you get to do that before every match, or and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, there is kind of like a warrior ritual that happens before the match, where the team they do the the I guess it's the team captain who calls out, and he. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's saying, but he's like, and then everybody on the team just, like, gets down into this crouch, and then they go, they stick their tongues out, and it's the coolest thing I've ever seen, and I want to do it so bad. But does that happen before every game? Because the other team looks like, what the F is going on?
2: Yeah, so every every time uh, New Zealand plays as, as a national team, the New Zealand All Blacks, they they perform the haka. And, uh, you know, as as you said, the other opposition, the other country that's about to is, is shows respect by, you know, staring it down in arms and just embracing their culture, embracing that, you know, yes. the challenge that they're laying for. Absolutely. It was
0: one tape. Go ahead. Todd, I can't remember who it was. What was the team, the international team, that stepped forward while the the All Blacks were doing the haka, which, uh, which I'm being told by my French producer, it was France. It was France, he's right. How Is that, that disrespectful? disrespectful? Is that
2: disrespectful? Yes.
0: Oh my God. How did that go for France? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it was actually embraced quite well from, from the New Zealand, it's, uh, you know, they're yeah. laying down the challenge yep. and, and the French accepted it. You nice. know, they, they stepped forward and they said, okay, let's bring it. And, nice. Uh, I don't think the the, the New Zealand team was was quite too happy and they they showed their their results. During the game.
1: Well, all I can tell you this, Todd, is because of the Hawker, now when my wife and I get in an argument... I perform that before the argument happens. I say to her, before we argue, and then I get into my stance. And then she walks towards me, and I end the (laughs) hawker.
0: And she hits you with a frying pan. Right, on that note, we are going to take a break. Todd, you stick around because we're coming back. We'll have more with Todd Clever, and we will have Professor Trevor Lipscomb. Yes, the author of The Physics of Rugby. We're going to take that break. We will be back shortly. Games rated E for everyone.
1: Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this,
0: of course, is Playing Playing With science. Science, a very special rugby edition. We're exploring the world of rugby with former USA captain Todd Clever. Yes. But we are now joined to break down the science. Professor Trevor Lipscomb of the Catholic University of America, author, as we've already touched on, The Physics of Rugby... As, as well as, as Albert Einstein, Einstein, a
1: biography. Oh, that's right. Wow. Uh, professor, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. And before we get to your backstory and how you got to rugby, just got to ask you, who do you like more, rugby or Einstein?
3: Uh, it's a close call. I don't think rugby, I don't think Einstein would have lasted long on the rugby pitch, so I'm, I'm going <laughs> with rugby here. There you go. All
0: right, so how did you, we've asked Todd how he kind of gravitated towards rugby. How's that story work out for you? How did you find yourself in the world of rugby?
3: Um, well, like you, I grew up in England, and so in high school you play a lot of rugby. And, um, you know, if if I'd have carried on playing soccer, I'd only played for a really bad team like Crystal Palace. Um, yes, they are and- bad. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty oh, professor. So I, so I started playing more rugby and was um, studying physics in college. And one day... Um, my physics career my rugby career ended actually when i broke my neck oh uh, gosh oh my god oh my uh, god so i thought there's going to be a fun way of putting uh, rugby and phys- physics together so i ended up writing a book about it
1: very cool. Now, you know what? So just going to, you know, we were about to go down the road of physics, but now that you've said what you just said, I just have to ask, since we have Todd on the line, and since you were injured so, uh, I will say, severely, um, there is a common conception that rugby has less injuries than football because you're not wearing pads and football weaponizes the player by putting helmets on them. Mm. However, you just said you broke your – Back or your neck? neck yeah. Broke your neck, and 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 I've I've actually seen Todd um, score a try by jumping over an injured player on the field while the player was being attended to. So clearly, clearly there are injuries in this sport. What is the most common injury, and and how often are players hurt uh, in this sport? Can you give us some insight? Yeah, Todd, please.
2: Yeah, I've also heard, and I I know that injuries are, you know, less common in rugby than football for for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, But uh, I think positionally, it it depends on, you know, what position, you know, for for the injuries that you that you receive. For myself as as a flanker, I had a lot of trouble with my fingers and hands. I broke some dislocated fingers and and, and broke some bones in the hands, but uh, nothing that you can't tape up and keep on playing easy for you to say, easy for you to say, I was quite lucky. I mean, you get bumps and bruises, you know, on the shoulders, you know, bruising legs from, from getting tackled. Um, but, uh, I, again, I was, I was quite lucky through, uh, my, my clanker to, uh, to not sustain too, too, uh, too serious as, uh, you know, unfortunate as uh, the professor, uh, received a, a, a broken neck, but it's a, it's a contact sport and, and things happen. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I know it is safer than, than, than American football.
1: And, Professor, from a science standpoint, if you could just tell us maybe why uh, injury is less in rugby and then if you don't yeah. mind reliving your horrific accident maybe not. for my entertainment,
3: I would really <laughs> appreciate knowing how you broke your neck. Don't indulge him. Sure. Um, Well, one of the things that that, that science tells us actually is that the bigger a bone is, then the harder it is to break. So in many sports, what you're going to see, contact sports, you're going to see things like Todd said, where – you know, fingers and thumbs and toes might be easier to break, but something bigger like a thigh bone or your hip or um, your shoulder, it, it's, it's going to be uh, a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the bones in the neck are um, a little bit small, so they, they can break easily under certain circumstances. With the difference between rugby and American football, um, one of the huge differences is if I go and tackle someone in rugby um, and I get my arm too high, then I'm going to hit them in the face. But in American football, sticking my arm out, I might actually just grab hold of the um, the visor, right, the um, the face mask, and create a huge amount of torque that's going to rip the neck around. Oh shit! And so, um, and the other thing is, again, you you can—it's a lot to do with friction, right? Your hand is going to slide off another human being's skin but it can stick to a helmet. So again, you can get these whiplash injuries, these uh, horse collar injuries, mm-hmm. um, because the friction from hand to equipment is different from hand to hand or hand to um, leg.
0: Okay. That's, but so that's the other great. thing is now there are certain codes uh, in, and we'll focus on rugby union rather than the, the league and the sevens. Mm-hmm. But in terms of rugby union, about tackling high and spearing and all sorts of different things that have gone on in the past which cause which can cause horrific injuries so the the governing body the RFU seem to have brought in a an updated code of conduct when it comes to tackling is that right uh,
3: they have yeah and i think it makes the game safer Cool. However, mm-hmm. I must say that uh,
1: in my last few weeks of ro- watching rugby, as opposed to thinking before then, I was when I was really watching Australian rules football. I'm <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> but I'm so embarrassed. you in been, the right. All country. these years, I've been watching Australian rules football, which, by the way, comes on very late at night here in America, and I've been watching it for years, thinking I was watching rugby, and I just thought Australian rules football was another form of rugby. But anyway, uh, in the last couple of weeks watching rugby i've seen um players todd size actually fling guys like you're allowed to grab the guy yeah. and they swing the guy and like the guy holds on to the ball goes out of bounds but then it's held against him for holding on to the ball and going out of bounds because he's holding the yes. ball when he touches down out of bounds yeah what is up with that like that's like, like, you flung me out of bounds. You're a monster. You're Todd Clever. <laughs> I'm Chuck Nice. I'm this little teeny guy who should be telling jokes, but for some reason I'm out here on the pitch. I have the rugby ball in my hand. You grab me. You throw me out of bounds, and I'm penalized. Why is that? Because
0: you're Cause Chuck you're a
3: nice.
1: <laughs> What the professor said. What
0: the... <laughs> what the professor said. So you, we now worked out, uh, it, was, it was like sort of multiple choice, should I play rugby? You answered the questions like this. Yes. <laughs> yes definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So, okay, Todd, I'm going to ask you a question and I'll hopefully get the professor to explain a little bit of physics about it. As I was growing up playing rugby, all of a sudden I'd see players, when they got the ball, would spin past... And it was like a a whole new technique because as kids, we were just chucking it left or right and it's wobbling and it's all over the place. But then the players practice and develop this spin pass, a really tight spiral. Mm -hmm. Is that from a player's point of view, what is the advantage of that? And then I'll ask the professor about the physics.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned from, you know, rugby, how how it happened and the rules and, a lot of changes and uh, rugby is always evolving, you yeah. know, for the safety and, and for entertainment and, you know, all sorts of the reasons for the, for the game. But for, for that reason, for the pass, I mean, if you're spinning a pass, you know, it's a long pass, it makes sense. You know, it gets there faster. You practice the technique uh, you know, it's one of those things you do 10,000 times on each hand for yeah. your uh, you know, training career. You can you know, hit a dartboard from you know, 25 meters away, 20 meters away. Um, and it just gets there faster, and it's, uh, it's just more uh, consistent and free-flowing.
0: Okay. Professor, that's the player's point of view. Yeah. From the science, why have players worked out that putting a real tight spiral on their passes is more advantageous?
3: Um, was due to a thing called gyro uh, gyroscopic stability. If you spin something as you throw it, it wants to continue in that direction, right? You've got the same thing in American football mm-hmm. where you try and throw the ball downfield with a tight spiral. That spiral keeps something going in the direction it's been aimed. Uh, so th- Again, in baseball, right, if you throw a knuckleball, it's got no spin on it at all, and it goes all over the place. It's, it's incredibly unpredictable. So that tight spiral will allow that ball to go straight where you aimed it, and you hope that straight into the arms of your teammate.
1: Cool. So it's really a stabilization thing. You get a longer pass and a more accurate pass because the ball has a rotation on it.
3: That's exactly it. Awesome.
1: Todd,
0: one thing I couldn't work out was to pass... From my left to the right, because I'm right-handed. So I was passing right. I was okay, but to pass, it was like this is all wrong. How long did it take? And you just said you practice with both hands. How long did it take you to master? And how do you alter your technique?
2: Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things, you know. Like a switch hitter, you know, for, for baseball, you know, takes work both. Uh, you know, you got to just practice, practice, practice. And ultimately, my left hand, like I'm right handed as well. Mm. And that's how I started, you know, passing, just spin past my right. And then, you know, try not to, you know, pass anyone to my left because I didn't have the skill. <laughs> you know, so that that was always my dummy move because, you know, I can't pass that way and just kind of run, run forward. Um, but uh, ultimately, if you're, you're playing the higher level, higher level, you, you got to uh, retain those skills. And um, you know, in throughout my career, I, I end up becoming a better left-handed passer than a right-handed passer because I was you know you know working on uh, on, on that skill so much.
0: but interesting. but the, the okay, so the shape's similar in terms of a pigskin and a rugby ball, but there's no laces on a rugby ball. Not really, no. no, it's so do we have a pressure differential? Does that actually make a great deal of difference? We're getting into your favourite place, Inflate Gate or Deflate Gate. Right. Yeah. So, what what sort of differences do we have in a rugby ball, Professor?
3: Um, well, with a rugby ball, it's very much like an ellipse, right? Um, so it's a, a more rounded end than an American football. Ah. Um, What's really happening when you spin the ball is you're actually creating a pressure differential, if you want to think about it that way, um, which can create something called the Magnus effect, which is sort of a consequence of the drag force which i know you like here on uh, on the show you've been listening uh, professor been
0: listening yes mm. thank you
3: oh, you're welcome and and so that so even though you're actually passing in a particular direction it will drift a little bit right so that actually is a problem if you're defending and the other team kick the ball towards you if you've got a right-handed kicker that ball is going to come headed straight towards you to begin with but then it's going to drift away slightly one way but if you have a left-footed kicker it's going to drift in the opposite direction. And again, it's the same kind of thing that happens in baseball if you've got a left-handed pitcher versus a right-handed pitcher throwing a slider, right? They're going to go in different directions.
1: Correct. So now we uh, have discussed with respect to American football, um, the tight spiral bomb pass, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is probably the most exciting thing that we see in American football, aside from maybe a breakaway, like 100-yard dash. Um, What What we learned is uh, from our other resident professor uh, is that the laces on the ball actually create that arcing path, which causes the nose of the ball at some point to start pointing downwards, and that's how you get those beautiful elliptical uh, uh, flight patterns.
0: The only time you'll get any the ball traveling any distance will be through kicks,
1: right? Now and again, someone will pass maybe thirty.
0: That's what I I was going to say.
1: Is there ever a pass in rugby that's long enough to to affect that, where, where laces affect the paths in football where that,
2: you don't get that.
1: Todd, in a normal game, would you find any lengths of pass over
0: 40 yards?
2: Uh no I wouldn't I wouldn't no. say more than 40 yards. You know so for, uh, that's a pretty good see, pass though.
0: I know but yeah. you're always passing back. You're always passing back. You backwards. don't have that forward pass because right.
1: if you have a forward pass then the referee introduces himself into the game. So how hard is that to pass a ball backwards for that's basically a lateral when you're passing backwards 40 yards. It sounds to
0: you it sounds completely counterintuitive because you want to go forward. Right. But if both teams are playing with the
1: same rules it kind of works itself out. Yeah. Yeah. So so so, how difficult is it to 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 get a forty yard pass in in rugby, Todd? And then, Professor, from a physics standpoint, how difficult is that?
2: I've I've seen a couple of them, and uh, you know, it's uh, obviously not from uh, from anyone in the in the in the front uh, in the in the four pack, the eight guys, it's yeah. from the skill guys. Okay. Um. There 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 has been a couple, you know, big old windup Joe Montana uh, passes. Uh, you know, but obviously they go backwards. But they also, what's what's happened is, is there's a kick pass where you can kick it across the field, and that's where you know probably the farthest you know, you know, pass right. has uh, has occurred. Um, but uh, I, I can't say much more than you know, 40 meters from from a from a pass pass.
1: That's
0: it. professor. Quickly, before we're going to have to take another break. Is there an equation so as you can consistently? trap, catch, a bouncing rugby ball? Because it seems the one thing that players, no matter how good they are, always struggle with.
3: It's something that scientists always struggle with as well. It's a it's an odd-shaped ball, and the ball is bouncing on a, on a surface that could be wet if you're playing, like, in Scotland in winter, or it could be bone-hard if you're playing sevens in rugby. Um, so it can give you some guidelines, but uh, you're on your own. Nice.
0: Sounds familiar. Right, we're going to take that break. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud9 Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags. Be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, the Bahamas, and Panama.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential. And through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs – eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's Peanut
0: Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reeses, you
1: did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: Welcome back to Playing With Science. Our guest today, if you've just joined us, where have you been? Go back to the beginning and listen all the way up to now. Right. right, it was former USA captain... Todd Clever and Professor Trevor Lipscomb of the Catholic University of America and author of the Physics of Rugby. Yes. And yes, we are talking about rugby still because we love it. We've we've got a new devotee it's called Chuck
1: Nice. Yes, man. I got to tell you, I'm i I'm a fan of rugby. I mean, I I actually uh, find, um, as I said, it's definitely the the child. Uh, I mean, American football is certainly the child of rugby, if not the mm. you know distant cousin. And uh, there's so many so many similarities that I see where I can see the development of American football from rugby yeah, itself. Um, except that there is a stoppage of play all the time, you know, which, believe it or not, I, I can't believe that I found that disconcerting because every time you would have the tackle happen, mm. right, player goes down. You don't realize, because as an American football fan, I'm like, all right, play's over. Let's break this up and let's set up at the line of scrimmage. No, no, these guys they push the ball out, or they move the ball, or another player, another player yeah. picks it up. So, so I mean, let's go back. And listen to Todd. So as it's it's a continuation, and there are
0: there are stoppages, but it's generally a free flowing game. How do you develop? physicality and mentality to remain in the game because you being, de- the physical demands are great as well as the mental demands.
2: Yeah, yeah massively. I mean, you're, you're playing offense and defense. Yeah. Um, you don't have a coach or, you know, someone making the calls from the sideline or up in the box um, after every down or anything else. So you, you rely a lot on the captains, a lot on the playmakers to you know what's going on so it's a very much player's game and uh you know american football is very much a uh, coach's game game.
0: absolutely how interesting right because you're part of the scrum and for me the scrum was always well it goes in there and stuff happens it's a mystery is, is 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 there's a definite? There's got to be definite techniques, and how do you manage? Because there's all sorts of hand grabs and grafts and sort of things that are going on in there. So you better, if it's secret, don't tell me. But then again, tell me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a possession. You know, it, it, scrums happen whenever there's a, a forward pass or a knock on, or, or a team chooses to you know have a scrum. And, uh, you know, there, there isn't anything dirty that, you know, goes on 99.9% of the time. But, uh, you know, the front rows, uh, the, the, the props of the hookers, they, they, they think it's, uh, that's, their, that's their art form, that they can express themselves and show dominance uh, against opposition. But, uh, but for some fans, and I know especially number 10s and the rest of the backs – They think it's pretty pointless, and they they don't
1: think much of it. Uh, You know, Todd, normally you pay extra for a hooker to show dominance. But anyway, um, Professor. (laughs) Professor, ignore him. Come on. Todd's cracking up. Come on. Uh, (laughs) Professor. (laughs) <laughs> Can you yeah. break, break down for me um, the, the physics of the scrum? Here, are these people who are all locked together, arm in arm. Head. They're moving at their heads are butting. They have to and, interlock. And they're interlocking each other. Yeah. as a huge group. And then you see them moving almost as a unit, but imposing their will. What kind of physics is at play in that uh, process? Yeah.
3: Um, pretty much it's a, it's a question of force, right? Um, each team is trying to have the largest amount of force um, directed downfield, right? Um, so if you're all aligned in the same way, you're going to maximize your shove down the pitch. Now, there's a way to out um, outforce the, the opposition, right? If, if it's their scrum and they put the ball in, their hooker, the guy in the middle, has to hook the ball back with his feet. That means he can't push so Ah. if if your hooker is pushing that gives you a sort of eight to seven person advantage and if you look at where todd plays as flankers you can get your flankers aligned very close to the scrum so they're pretty much pushing straight down the field Or you can have them more at right angles, which will um, mess up the opposition's scrum half because he's got to take a a detour around to get the ball. Ah. So how much force
0: is there if if someone like Todd, who's built like a tank with extra armour, starts to push and rotate the
3: scrum? So what are we dealing with in terms of physics there? All right. So... um, A a good estimate is that a rugby player can push equal to about their own weight. So if you imagine you've got eight people's Todd size, which Wikipedia says is 213 pounds. So you've got about 16,000 pounds of force going on there. Wow. Um, You also have torque, which is when you're going to try and rotate that scrum. That's usually when you've lost it and you're trying to mess up the possession for the opposition. Now, the other worry with the scrum, which is actually how I bust my neck, is that if you've got the front rows pushing not horizontally but slightly downwards, then the entire scrum can collapse. Hmm. Uh, And what happened happened in my case was the two props got pulled over to one side, and so basically the weight of both teams' packs went on my neck and –
1: you're happy you know now? Oh God, I'm sorry I ever asked. See, I don't. My neck is hurting right now. <laughs> my neck is actually hurting. This part of me says good. This part of me says that's not good at all. Oh, oh man. Well, by the way, the, the physics it's fascinating, and it, it actually it actually goes it actually shows you the physicality of that particular process when it's going on on the on, on the pitch. That's amazing. Okay, Todd, uh, there's something that Chuck probably won't quite get to grips with, but the line-out,
0: right? When when a ball has gone out to out, of s- out of bounds on the sideline, then it has to come back in as a line-out. Now, back in the day when I played in high school, things have changed. You're allowed to pick up a player, and all of a sudden, it's starting to look somewhere between ballet
1: and… Uh, By the way, it's my all- favourite part of the game, is because you get to pick the player up, Yeah, and… He gets to go higher. You pick him up so he can actually get high enough to to catch the ball, which, I mean, the whole thing looks really cool. I mean, it just looks poetic. It looks very elegant, even though you guys are, like, huge and muscular. It's like the one part of the game that looks almost like a dance or like that scene in Dirty Dancing when, never mind. Yeah, thank you. But you know what I'm saying. It just seems, Todd, it just seems wrong, but it's an integral part of the
2: game. Absolutely. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's one facet of the game where you, you know, retain possession or you steal away the possession from the opposition. So like when it, uh, Chuck said, you know, you ragdoll somebody out of bounds, it becomes, they, they it's a turnover, so the other team gets that line out uh, to throw the ball in. Um, so it's, uh, it's complex. It's, it's, uh, it's very much thinking, got to outthink and, um, you know, speed. Uh, and power. There's, a, there's a lot that goes into a lineup. It's not just you know pick a player out. There's right. you know, interchanging. Uh, there's moving backwards, moving forwards, looping around uh, to you know to, to beat the other opposition. To to it's a race up in the air whenever the the and, and and get get this, Chuck. The, the hooker throws the ball into. So that's for uh, oh, real.
1: oh hookers. Is there anything they can't do? <laughs> professor save me physics
0: of a line out before chuck just disappears for half an hour
3: (laughs) so i used to be a hooker Uh yes (laughs) you're not helping (laughs) sorry go ahead go ahead professor so so the hooker throws the ball in and um physics shows without a doubt that throwing it to the big guy is usually a big idea it's usually a good idea right yeah And as Gary says, back in the day, you weren't allowed to be lifted at all, Um, and you still throw it to the tall guy, and he gets the ball. Um, Now, it actually, uh, as as, um, Chuck was saying, it it looks more like a ballet because it's got to be so well timed. The hooker's got to know exactly where to throw it, but also when the lift is coming. Right? If you throw the ball way up in the air and the guys get the lift wrong, then it's going to go sailing over the guy's head. Right. So it's it's really a, a question of throwing the ball. With precision and with practice so that everyone knows what they're doing at the right time. Super cool. Yeah, Todd, do you have
0: a question for the professor while you're here and we've got you together?
2: No, I actually learned quite a lot about uh, you know the scrums and you know the force and right. why why the ball passes. So I mean uh, you know I, I knew the reason, I knew the outcome, but uh, but the technique, so that's uh, that's quite good. Okay, let's okay. Al- All right,
0: before we before we have to sadly let you go, let's ask you both the same question. Where is rugby headed in the future, and in particular, where is rugby headed in the US? Start with you, Professor.
3: Um, that's a difficult question to answer. I'm, I'm hoping it's it's going to go away from the way that England plays rugby, right? England plays rugby like the New York jets play football. It's ground and pound and it's not interesting, but they often win. Uh, unlike the jets. Um, <laughs> so what I would like to see is a lot more open play. Um, I'd actually like to see, uh, no lifting at the lineouts. Um, I think the laws really need to change to try and increase player safety, but obviously I'm a bit biased on that point. Yeah. Um, but also what you're going to see is more and more nations who've never played rugby or who've not been particularly good at rugby, their level of play is is going to increase over the years and it's going to become a truly international game. Again, if you think when I was a kid with the World Cup, you know, um, there are many teams who are now uh, made in the knockout stage of this year's World Cup in soccer who would never have qualified when I was young. Yeah. So that's that's great for the game.
0: Well, I, I agree with you. That's so, Todd where do you see rugby going in the future? And in, and again, uh, in the U S in particular, because I know you have an involvement down in Austin, in Texas.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can, I can speak about, uh, you know, where the rugby is going in America, you know, quite easily. And, and it's an easy answer. It's, it's moving up, um, you know, world rankings, we're getting better. We just beat Scotland, uh, down in Houston a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've been dominating Canada, which we haven't had in the past years. Uh, we've, we formed a, a new league, Major League Rugby (MLR). Just started this year, and uh, the, actually the semifinals are on uh, this weekend. Finals are in San Diego, July 7th uh, at USD. And it's it's amazing how what what uh, what response there is of introducing rugby, and, and people are experiencing it for the first time and seeing that the camaraderie, uh, seeing the the respect. And, uh, you know, there's an outlet for, you know, people that don't want to play football or parents that don't want to put their kids in football. There's youth rugby growing massively. So, um, you know, America's always been sort of the sleeping giant. You know, that's what England and New Zealand, they've always said, oh, when America, when Americans kind of take place, you know, the the sleeping giants just waking up and, and it's awesome to be part of it. Um, I, I have interest in the uh, in the Austin awesome franchise that that participates in the in the Major League Rugby, and uh, you know we uh, you know had a had a pretty good season you know and, and now uh, just just across the board you know the, the sport's growing and it's awesome to get it on TV and uh, and, and introduce it to to a lot more fans. Cool. Have you got
0: a one-line sales pitch? to get people interested in rugby.
2: Well, yeah, put it
1: like this. Both of you, uh, Professor, UN and, and, and Todd, uh, you're talking to America right now. Um, you should play what rugby or you should watch rugby
2: because.
3: It's a fantastic fast action sport.
2: Todd, you're up. Todd? I mean, uh, from, from, uh, from Chuck's side, I have to put in hooker somewhere in there just, uh, <laughs> just, just to sell it. Boom! Boom. <laughs> it's good. It's good. No,
1: but
0: you mean, had I'll me at stop.
2: hooker! Job done.
0: Todd, you've, we've got the World Rugby Sevens. Don't, don't encourage him anymore.
1: Oh, that's my new... Th- I'm getting a T-shirt. It's going to say rugby. You had me at hooker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen. He's, he's going to wake up in the middle of the night giggling. <laughs> you know that, don't you? I'm Before s- we let you go, Todd, I'm we've s- got the World Rugby Sevens coming up in San Francisco. It's going to be in the Giants Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... How good is that going to be to grab audience attention here in the U.S.?
2: You know, Rugby Sevens is an Olympic sport since uh, just, just got re- reintroduced to Olympics in, you know, uh, in Rio. And right. now that uh, USA Rugby bidded for the Rugby World Cup, the Sevens Rugby World Cup, and we won the bid. So we're hosting at 18 Team Park in San Francisco, July 20th to July 22nd. And, uh, you know, there's 24 uh, men's national teams coming 16 women's national teams coming, so from all parts of the globe coming in, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to be able to showcase, you know, and, and, and first time we've ever hosted an event like this, and, uh, you know, tickets are, are, are scarce at the moment. We're going to sell out of the whole park, uh, all three days, and it's going to be amazing, and, and you know, and the countdown's fully on, and, and, and really excited for for the public and, and all the American fans, and obviously the players to experience playing in uh, such an iconic stadium.
0: It's 15 versus 15, but reduced to seven. seven, And it's much faster, correct?
2: Yep. Yeah, much faster. I mean, you play three games a day, uh, yeah. you know, with, with breaks in between. But a uh, whole tournament, you know, happens in three days. Uh, for the Rugby World Cup, 15 versus 15, that takes, you know, seven, eight weeks. Wow. Uh, and you, know, you can have a whole, whole tournament in, in, in three days. Brilliant.
1: Fascinating. Great. Todd Clever,
0: thank you so much indeed. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. And uh, you've got at least one extra fan here.
1: Yes, you do. Both of you, uh, thank uh, you. Thank uh, you you for uh, turning me on. Uh,
0: What a dry sense of humor you have. You must be British. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is it, the Catholic University? University Catholic? The Catholic University of America. America, professor uh, professor of physics of rugby. physics Physics of rugby. Thank you. Absolutely brilliant, the pair of you. Really enjoyed our show on rugby. Uh, yeah yeah this was fantastic
1: yeah, amazing. Yes. Amazing. I'm a fan. I'm just letting you know right now for the rest of you who are listening, if you ever get the chance, first check it out on YouTube. Just check out go on YouTube and check out some rugby games. Well, check out the have, rugby sevens. Have full, full, yeah, and then check out the sevens. All I can tell you is this. If you're a real football fan, you're definitely going to be a rugby fan. You don't That's have to play it, but you
0: it. You will enjoy watching it. I guarantee you that. Well, I've been Gary O'Reilly. And I've been Chuck Nice. And I'm still Gary O'Reilly. And, and I'm still Chuck Nice. And this has been Playing With Science. Hope you've enjoyed our rugby special. We will catch up with you soon